Psalm 78. We're going to start in verse 1, uh, go down to verse 8 tonight, Lord willing. Uh, let's see if we can get something out of God's word. It says this, uh, Psalm 78 says, Give ear, O my people, to my law, incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known, and our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children, showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works uh, that he hath done. For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children, that the generation to come might know them, even the children which should be born, who should arise and declare them to their children, that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments." And might not be as their fathers a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that set not their heart aright, and whose spirit was not steadfast with God. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we thank you for your word tonight. We thank you for its truth. And Lord, I pray uh, that you would help us tonight uh, to see what your word has for us. Lord, we thank you that uh, it is still pure and preserved to every generation. Lord, use me tonight. Fill me with the unction of the Holy Spirit. Open up our ears and our hearts. And Lord, let us draw closer to you with the truth. And in Jesus' name we pray and amen. So again, this Psalm 78, uh, you know, there's different types of psalms in the Bible. A lot of them were a praise type song, uh, but this is one that says uh, masculine at the beginning. That means instruction. So this is one, a psalm that would give wisdom to God's people. And they, uh, a lot of these psalms they memorized, uh, which is a good thing to do. And it helped them uh, to keep these words in their mind and to think about it. And God wanted them to memorize uh, not just praise praises and things and to things to be thankful for, but also instructions. And we see, uh, again, this one's 72 verses long, but I just want to look at the first part here. Uh, and right at the beginning, it says, give ear, O my people, to my law, incline your ears to the words of my mouth. So the, the writer of the psalm wants us to pay close attention, you know, incline your ear, kind of lean in, uh, put your hand over your ear, uh, focus on what's about to be said, because it's really important. And one of the, the themes, especially in the whole psalm, uh, is for the children of Israel to learn from their past sins, learn from the past mistakes, so that way they don't repeat them. Uh, and, you know, the, the best way to not to avoid those mistakes of the past uh, is to get give more attention to God's word, because God's word helps keep us from sinning. It helps us to uh, to point to God to do what he tells us to do and let it lead our lives. And we say it uh, uh, in the world. They say it all the time. If you, you know, you forget history, you ignore history, you're going to repeat it. You're going to go through the same problems. And really with uh, uh, God is telling us uh, to give, give heed, give ear, uh, listen uh, to what's going on. And then in verse two, it says, I will open my mouth in a parable at the beginning of that verse. In Matthew 13, 35, Jesus had told the parable of the leaven and it, right after that in, in 1335 it says Jesus fulfilled this verse so we know there's not only is it dealing with history but it's also dealing with the Messiah to come with Jesus Christ but one of the things right uh, Jesus was starting to teach <coughs> excuse me in parables 
And those disciples were able to get the full truth from Jesus because they were with him. They could ask him questions. They asked him, what's the meaning of the parable? Teach it to us. Uh, and, and Jesus was able to do that. Uh, but here's the thing, the, the truth that's in the word of God, whether it's the Old Testament or the New Testament, it's unlocked the same way. And that's through Jesus Christ and belief. <coughs> And belief in Jesus Christ. So whether, uh, you know, if we've got something we're trying to figure out in God's word, we say it many times, you know, to ask God. But not only that, look and see where Jesus fits into the scripture, especially in the Old Testament. It a lot of times helps to unlock the meaning. So he's starting to say, listen closely. Uh, and he says at the end of verse two, I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known and our fathers have told us. And uh, so while they could ask Jesus directly questions while he walked on this earth, and we we can ask Jesus questions through prayer and the Holy Spirit that he's given us to teach us and dwell in our hearts. But other than going to Jesus, the next best way that we have learned the bulk of our knowledge about the Bible uh, is because somebody has taught us. Some Christian has taught us things, uh, uh, taught us the, uh, the Bible and taught us different things. And that's what he's saying in verse 3 which we have heard and known and our fathers have told us. And here's the thing, whether you had Christian parents growing up or whether it was other Christians in your life, uh, uh, even maybe not young in age, but young in maturity as a Christian, uh, we had pastors, uh, youth leaders, Sunday school teachers, relatives, friends that have taught us so much from the Bible. We, we think about that and we can think of the, the different ways we were able to learn about Jesus and his word uh, growing up in the Lord, we think about that. I, you know, you could start to think about names. You can think about people that that taught you and helped you uh, in growing up in the Lord. And you know, we should uh, thank God for those people. Thank God and praise His name. Uh, you know that He sent them in our lives. That they poured out uh, time and effort into us. Uh, we were able to learn about Jesus Christ because of them. They gave up uh, our different worldly priorities to make a difference in our life. And and verse three is a reminder of that. Hey, don't forget that there are those that taught us uh, when we needed teaching, when we were young in Christ. Uh, but then, uh, remember, incline your ears. Verse 4, we will not hide them from our children showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he hath done. You know, one of the worst things that I hear parents say from time to time is this, I'm not going to force religion on my kids. Right. I'm going to wait till they're older. They can make up their own mind uh, and then they just do what they want to do uh, when they're old enough. And here's the problem with that statement. See, it sounds good for a lot of people. A lot of you'll get a lot of heads nodding when people say that and people say, I agree. But here's the problem. If you you say you're not going to force religion on your child, but this world is forcing its beliefs on every child, whether you want to or not, it is happening. Uh, the world forces their views, their morals, their opinions, their truth on children each and every day. They do it in, in many different ways. If it's not the schoolhouse, it's the TV. And if it's not the TV, it's the computer. I, I am amazed at how many shows we think was okay. And then you get a, you read an article that says, oh, we're so excited that uh, this kid's show uh, had, now has an episode with two mommies or, or, or one that was a boy that's turning into a girl. 
girl and it's like, my goodness, this is for little kids. Why are they dealing with these issues? But that's the world just shoving it down their throats. Uh, they, they pass as much wicked, sinful and false information onto the next generation as they can before they're old enough to make up their minds. It's because the devil loves that. Uh, they, uh, the, the, he tries to infiltrate every single school, uh, trying to get rid of the truth of the Bible. And like we said, praise God that we're starting to see the opposite happen, where the truth of God's word is getting back into schools. Uh, you know, I know they have to jump through different hoops and take them off site and everything else. But praise God for that. You know, I think some of these schools, whether they like it or not, are seeing the difference between when you educate solely to the world's standards and then when you you put the bible and jesus christ in there they see a difference but this world is absolutely showing the generation to come uh, they are showing them things and we are not we are commanded right here and in the next verses not to hide the truth that we were taught about jesus remember what were we taught about who jesus was why he came why he died on the cross we were taught what sin was and how we were sinners we were taught the bible we were taught righteous living and holiness and we were taught judgment and all these things and everything else so here's the question are we passing that on to the next generation that's that's what he's saying right here we're not going to hide that whether you're a parent or grandparent or just anyone that has an influence on children uh, christians cannot afford to hide the truth we can't we can't do it like i said we're already uh, in the minority we're already the world is flooding uh, with false knowledge and deception uh, and the world has their father the devil and he knows he knows the younger the better Right, he knows uh, you. The younger you can get a deception or falsehood in a young mind, the better off uh, to get them to go in that wicked direction. But aren't you glad the younger they are that you can give them the truth and they can walk in the right direction? Praise God for that. But it says, notice verse four: We will not hide them from the from their children. Uh, but not only that, not hiding the truth. But look what it says next: It says, showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and His strength and His wonderful works that He hath done. And here's the thing: uh, uh, You know, we can fall trap into this. Yes, we can teach them. We can get a lesson. We can do a craft. We can, uh, you know, even preach the truth to kids and all these things. But if it stops at being academic, we're in trouble. You know what he's saying right here? Not just teaching the truth, but showing the truth. Showing the generation to come. What, what do we need to show them? We need to show them how to praise the Lord. We need to show them how to worship. We need to show them how to tithe. How to rely on the Lord for strength and supply and everything else. We need to show, what's he say? Show the children uh, his wonderful works uh, that he hath done. How do we do that? We show them what he's done. What's a great wonderful work that the Lord has done? He's made us a new creature in Christ. We should show them that we are different show them that there's a change aren't you glad the truth was not hid from us when we were younger the truth was not hid uh, they didn't live a secret christian around us praise god because like i said we can think of those names of some of those precious saints and many of them have gone on to be with the lord uh, but here's the thing uh, we can praise god for them but then we need to think about have we picked up those same mantles that they had are we continuing the work are we continuing to not only teach the truth but show the truth each and every day in our lives 
You know, God has given us, we've said it many times, he's given us in this church uh, a higher responsibility in this area. You know, the more kids he brings, the more responsible we are. But God's able to give us more strength and more grace and everything else. Uh, we can rise to the occasion. Why? Because we've got something inside that these kids need to see and hear. I know. Verse 5, for he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers that we should make them known to their children, that the generation to come might know them, even the children which were born, who should arise and declare them to their children. So he starts in this next section explaining uh, basically over and over again how the Old Testament was designed for one thing, and that was to give the truth and to give here's how to live. And here's what God expects out of you and to pass it along to the next generation. That's what it was designed to do, to keep going. Deuteronomy 6, if you've never read that one, it's about as clear as it comes on what God expects parents to teach their children. Uh, I'll just read a part of it. Deuteronomy 6, 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. Jesus quoted that. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house and when thou walkest by the way and when thou liest down and when thou risest up and I thought there are so many examples in the Old Testament to think about. One of the ones that came to my mind is in Joshua chapter 4. Remember, they're, they're getting ready to go into the promised land. They're gonna, the, the priests are going to step into the Jordan River with the ark. The water's going to part there, and they're going to go through, or it's going to be stopped on one end. They're going to walk through on dry land, and God said, I want you to pick up 12 stones while you're in there. Get one for each tribe, and when you get to the other side, you set up a pillar uh, of those stones as a memorial. Uh, and then it said something will happen. There will come another generation and more generations after that, that when your children ask their father in time to come saying, what mean ye by these stones? Then what the parents can do is they can explain and they can say, hey, these stones used to be in the middle of that river uh, and they, uh, you know, you can see how it's overflowing and harvest time and how there's no way you could go to the bottom and get a stone right now. But we pulled out 12 and the only reason we did it is because we were on the other side, but God was bringing, them into bringing us into this promised land and he told us to take that ark, which represented God and his presence. And as soon as those priests stepped in there, the water stopped, we crossed over and we brought these stones right here and they're still here today. And what he's saying right there is that is something that they can teach over and over again because here's the thing. You know, we need reminders sometimes. And, and this was a, a literal pillar of stones that was a reminder. And every time they passed, they could point and say, here's what was happening. You know, I've, I've been, I love Hebrews chapter 11. And one of the things, uh, one verse uh, it says this, by faith, Jacob, when he was dying, uh, blessed both the sons of Joseph and worshiped, leaning upon the top of his staff. And I will never forget how Calvin Ray Evans, I heard him one time. It might have been here. I don't know. Or, or somewhere. He, he was somewhere close or here. And he preached just on that verse. And he explained how that staff in those days, they would put notches 
on the big events of their life and a little symbol or something to help them remember. And you just think about Jacob near the end of his life. He's leaning on that staff because of uh, where the uh, his hip had been touched when he wrestled with the Lord. And he could just tell those sons of Joseph and go right down that staff in, in order and say, here's what happened in my life. The good things, the bad things, and then say for the good things, here's where the Lord appeared to me. Here's where I, uh, uh, you know, went against the Lord and it did work. But here's where the Lord came back and visited me again. And he could just go down and worship the Lord in front of them showing them that see those are the types of things that he's saying right here he's saying hey we need to show them and for those in the old testament hey you walk them through these things you show them what's going on but we've got our own stories to tell as well don't we we can uh you know as i was you know it's easier for me because i knew the message that was coming so on the way here uh harper and i were talking and we were talking about prayer and answered prayers uh, and the Lord brought this to my mind. Uh, I was trying to explain to her that before she was born, uh, we did an ultrasound and uh, they said all kinds of things were wrong with her. Well, she just, she was confused. She's like, no, wait a second. What do you mean my heart was broken and these things were broken? I said, well, that's what they were telling us. But then we prayed and everything ended up being all right. The Lord touched you. The Lord healed you and everything else. But that's just one example. God was showing me how hard that was easy. Just in a, a you know seven, eight minute drive, whatever it is, to be able to remind her of a truth from God's word. But how many times do we miss that? We miss those opportunities. But I pray God will help us to bring those things to memory and that we can teach them. Uh, because here's the thing. We've got to declare the truth to these children, these grandchildren, these young people, uh, these newly saved Christians. And verse 7, I believe, gives us a measure of how we're doing. Look at verse 7. That they, these are the kids, might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. You know what that tells me? If we teach them the truth and we show them with our lives what God does in our life and we don't hide it, uh, we don't do that and we allow that next generation, what's it say? To set their hope not on God, but in God, all the way in. They set their hope in God. Uh, but uh, and the here's the thing. I was thinking about that. The only way they can set their hope in God is if our hope is in Right? You look at all these things, uh, and, uh, for them not to forget the works of God, we can't forget the works of God. Uh, for them to keep the commandments, we've got to keep the commandments. But if we are doing these things, I believe God uh, will bless that. He will, he will use these things. He will, you know, where we fall short in so many areas and where we feel like I'm not equipped and I, I don't even know if they're listening, God is able to use it and they won't be hindered if we follow what verse 7 says. But... Here's the problem. If we're not doing these things that are in verses 1 through 7, it'll make it harder for them. Now, it won't be impossible. Because, right, we remember, you know, not everyone had Christian parents growing up. Not everyone had, uh, you know, that influence in their home. And it is possible for the next generation uh, to get closer to God and, and things like that. But it's harder. It's definitely harder. It's much easier when there is a generation before that's close to God and, and led by the Spirit and all of these things. But here's the problem. Here's what's at stake is verse 8. And might not be as their fathers a stubborn and rebellious generation. 
a generation that set not their heart aright and whose spirit was not steadfast with God. Now, see, this, it sounded strange to me at first. When I was reading this, I was saying, wait a second. This message, uh, the, main, uh, g- the main audience for this beginning part of this psalm is the parents. But then he's saying right there, and might not be as their fathers. And I was like, no, wait a second. A stubborn and rebellious generation. Then I had to remember in the Old Testament, when it talks about fathers, it's all the fathers, all of them. And you know what it was saying right there? There were so many times a stubborn and rebellious generation came through. But you know what I believe that is? That's the history lesson again. Remember the Old Testament? What happened in the book of Judges? Right? They would they'd follow God. They'd get a blessing. They'd get peace. Then they'd get uh, uh, com- complacent. They'd start, you know, not relying on God. They'd start worshiping idols and doing everything else. God would let the enemy uh, uh, overrun them, take them captive. They'd be in captivity for a while. They'd cry out. God would send a deliverer. They would uh, be freed from bondage. They'd be black in the uh, time of blessing. And they'd just go around and around and around in that circle, in that cycle. And they go from obedience to disobedience. And when they were in disobedience, there was a problem. But you know what? That cycle's not just in judges. It's in kings, right? You'd have a good king, God would bless it. You'd have a bad king, they'd run into trouble, right? Uh, We just keep seeing this uh, over and over again. Judges, kings, and then you go into the prophets. Same thing. What would happen? The prophets would say, hey, you're not living right. You need to repent. And if they did, God would uh, show mercy and forgiveness and and send the peace again. Or if they didn't, he said, I'm sending judgment. What do we see? That constant thing over and over again. And I think we can see it through generations in our time, too. You know, we can see where uh, one generation was on fire in a family. And then the next generation decided it's not for them. And then we see the generation after that. how, How much worse it gets. But this history is for teaching. That's what he's saying. Hey, the children have, they eventually they've got to make their own choices. But like I said, I, don't, I want to make the choice easier. I want to combat the deception of this world, the vanity, the wickedness uh, of everything this world has to offer and show the children, show young people, show new Christians what a spirit-filled, obedient Christian that trusts the Lord by faith and lives by God's word as best they can and, and has that fruit of the spirit coming out of life. I want to show them what that looks like so that way they can see it and say, I want that. I want that. Not so it glorifies us, but we can just be a a walking example of what God does in our lives. You know what I believe? That will help our kids. What's it say? Go back to verse 7. That they might set their hope in God, even in this wicked world, right? And not forget the works of God, even when so many else are forgetting, right? There, there, There are so many churches today where it's all about us all about me and it's as if God bows down to me and I'm in charge and everything else and everything God's done is to make me happy and everything else it's it's ridiculous but they're they're losing the part of what God is doing and we are doing uh, for God and serving him and then keeping his commandments and you think about that I want a verse 7 for our kids don't you that means we got to do one, two, three, four, five, and six. And it's a hard job. And we're busy and everything else happens. But you know what? 
God will help us. God will help us. And I'll tell you what, I think we're seeing a lot of these kids, we're seeing already starting to see some of the fruits of it. We're seeing get, kids get saved at a young age, get baptized. We're starting, we're, we're hearing what they're talking about. Uh, the fact that we can have certain conversations with kids as young as they are is showing that God, if, if we would trust him, what did he say? You, you teach them when they're young, they're not going to forget that. Now, they may choose to go a different direction, but they're not going to forget it. And I believe there are a lot of people that are going to come back. I, I, I'm praying for that. My generation, the one that grew up in church, and they, they're all, you know, what do they say? Here's what they'll say. You know, my parents made me go to church. I'm going to make, not make my kids do that. And here's the thing. I have a hope for my generation. I think a lot of them are going to come back before it's, if the Lord tarries. But what's sad is what's the damage that's already done with their kids. It's sad. But I'll tell you what, we just need to pray. Because even for that next generation, how sad and how bad it looks, you think about there were kings that came after the most wicked kings that were good. And that tells me God can turn anything around. Praise God for that. All right, let's uh, open up the altar.